and welcome to Meanwhile in the Future. I'm Rose, and I'm your host. Meanwhile in the Future is a podcast about the future. More specifically, it's a podcast in which every week we really overthink a different future scenario. Each episode, we start with a little field trip into the future. Then we hop back in our handy teleporter and come back to now, where we work through that future we just saw with the help of some experts. Ready? Great. This week, we're going to start in the year 2032. This is this is kind of weird, but um, did your internet just go out? Uh, let me check. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm gonna go reboot the router. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's it. Hmm. router. Hey, what's up? Okay, it's um, just back up. I have up. a question for you. Is Wi-Fi your again, internet working? But. Yeah. No, I, it's not. Uh, I and I can't anything. figure out why. No one in my office. Yeah, yeah. We had the same thing here, and I it's, like, it it's like the whole. Office. Hey, what's up? Really not. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that's so weird. My internet down. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's like it's down. Is it not working for you? Yeah, all the way down. No, I mean, like it went out and. Okay. How's it going? Okay. Okay. My internet is not working, and no one that I've called in New York's internet is working. So I wanted to check with you: Is your internet working? Okay. Um, oh my God. Let me call my parents and see if it's still it's down over there. Um, and I thought it was just okay. me. I, right. I have no connection yeah, at all. Okay, I've called okay. a bunch okay. of people in I, New York, and it's not working at all. And so it's not working for you. Let me call someone like out in California and see if they can get it to work. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello? Hi, Mom. Hey, what's up? Um, not much. I have a question for you. Um, can you okay. is, is your internet working out there? You know what? I'm not. I'm not out of my internet. I was just in the other room. Let me go check for you. Okay, thanks. Are you go? Are you having problems with yours? Yeah, uh, I can't get it to work, and um, I've called a bunch of people in New York, and they uh-huh. also can't get it to work. So I figured I would call someone not in New York, and you're not in New York, so huh. I'm calling you. Okay, hold on, give me a minute. No. No. Um, I'm not getting Safari's so not responding, so the you know, let me check mail. No, I'm not getting anything. Okay, all right. Um, oh. I need to make a couple other phone calls. I'll call you later and we can talk more, but um, I just need to yeah. figure this out. So, um, I will okay. call you back soon. Okay, oh, that's gonna be a pain for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Oh, okay, okay, you run away and do your job. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. Okay, so something has happened, and we've lost the internet. Normally, what would happen next on this podcast is that I would talk to some experts, and we would work through what would happen next. What would the world look like without the internet? How would our financial systems fare? What would happen to emergency management efforts or international shipping industries? This week, we're going to do things a little bit differently. I really wanted to think about a future without the internet. But as I was talking to people about it, it became clear that what's most interesting about a future without the internet isn't what happens next, but how it happens in the first place. So this week, we're going to spend most of the episode working backwards, figuring out what would need to happen for us to lose the internet. 
Now, I'm a firm believer that the best predictors of the future are historians, so I talked to two of them. The pain of the internet is the pain of like the constant confrontation with other people, right? I mean, it's bad enough that you live in New York City and you're surrounded by like millions and millions and millions of people who care not at all about your existence. Uh, the internet is like that, right? In your office, you know, just just this kind of constant assailment of other human beings and the idea that we could just like shut it is really pleasurable. That's Lane Nooney. And this is Finn Brunton. It's so it's so funny, by the way, we're having this conversation at this exact moment. I don't know if you can hear it. Over, is it a uh, bell? Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, the bell is tolling noon, but it sounds very like it really captures this kind of, you know, post-internet quasi-medieval. <laughs> like we have to alert everyone as to what the time is so they can set their clock. Both Nooney and Brunton are historians of digital culture at NYU. And when I talked to them about this, they both pointed out that losing the Internet is a really hard thing to imagine. The enormity to which you have to propel this kind of fantasy really speaks to how hard it is to think about the world without the internet, right? Because we, and then it brings up this question of like, what is, like, what is the thing that the internet is? Your 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 Twitter account and your Facebook page and your Tumblr account are all like really, in some ways, very insignificant parts of the internet, even though what has born out of them are these really rich and nuanced and complex forms of personal culture. The internet is basically just, it's, it's a, it's a set of protocols that govern the, the transmission and the reception of data. So how do you take down something that doesn't have a central location? The context would have to be such an extreme change in our present circumstances that it would probably have a very dramatic effect on whatever that experience was like. Um, and I, I, uh, if this is okay, uh, I actually put together like some different sort of scenarios. Yes, that's amazing. Um, I had I had a lot of time to think about this while I was driving around. Um, so we're going to run through five of Nooney and Brunton's internet killing ideas right now. Ready? Great. Number one. This one is in some ways the most boring. It's a full-on apocalypse. Maybe a huge solar flare or an asteroid hits the Earth. We lose all electricity. All our satellites fall out of the sky. All the volcanoes in the world erupt at once. Whatever it is, it's a big deal. But it also means that maybe we won't care that much about losing the internet in that moment because we will all be dying. Something where, where our daily lives would be so unrecognizable that it would be hard to like subtract out the, the parts where we could kind of imagine the consequences of the internet being gone. This is also the first way that Nooney saw the internet being lost. Like, I was really trying to imagine, like, what's the scenario in which we lose that, right? Because often when we imagine the internet going away, it is coupled with an apocalypse narrative, right? Because we link it to the idea of the loss of electricity, right? This this is how our uh, all of our, like, dystopian fantasies always wind up working. Okay, number one, apocalypse. Kind of boring. So let's get to number two an electromagnetic pulse. An EMP goes off and right, it wipes you know, every hard drive everywhere. There are ways that you could conceivably um, detonate a nuclear device outside of the Earth's atmosphere, such that you would only get the effect of this sudden massive electromagnetic pulse, which would effectively uh, kill all uh, unshielded electronics. But even in that case, it's not like the internet goes away. Instead, it's like one specific local region. So if an EMP goes off, it probably wouldn't impact the whole world. And again, we're probably in the midst of some nuclear war, so we maybe have other things to worry about. So both number one and number two are situations in which the internet is lost due to a huge, crazy, global, very bad event. 
But what if the internet wasn't lost as a side effect of some war or some horrible catastrophe? So, so what I would like to propose instead is some, some really hypothetical thing. But a thing that I have to confess personally, I find weirdly plausible, which is what would be some context in which we would shut the system down ourselves, you know, as, as a public service, as a matter of duty or survival, we would be yanking the cables out of the walls, you know, and firebombing the, uh, the switching centers and the, the uh, colo rooms and all the rest of it. People would go and like dynamite the landing stations where the fiber optic cables actually come into shore. And all of a sudden we have pretty much our existing society, but no internet. So the last three scenarios are situations in which we, as humans, decide that we have to shut off the internet. I know it sounds crazy, but bear with me. Here's scenario number three. A super virus. I mean, I I like the idea that someone creates some sort of like protocol virus and then like protocol stops. And I don't even know if that's possible. But like suddenly none of them can talk to each other, right, like across the globe. Um, And then you you still have all the terminals, you still have all the data, but you, you can't send or receive, right, without like a direct connection, right? So do people like move all the computers into the same room and like, you know, daisy chain them together in order to get them to work? And we actually have some practice for this. Like in 1988, there was a worm that actually effectively kind of killed what was sort of turning into the Internet for a little while in the sense that the systems administrators who were infected with it were like pulling their whole local networks offline to try to figure out what to do and and all the rest of it. But the, the network now is so complex that it was very hard to imagine a single program that could, or even a family of programs, however well put together, that could, you know, simultaneously damage the networking capabilities of individual computers, but also destroy servers and sort of destroy the infrastructure in various ways that can't be recovered from. So if there's some kind of horrible worm that infiltrates the transfer protocol, hopping from server to server and device to device, wreaking havoc, we might decide to pull it all offline until we can figure it out. And if we take that scenario a little bit further, we get to idea number four. Some form of a singularity phenomenon. Um, And again, like we're, you know, we're out in a little bit in space pirates territory, but you can imagine something in which we essentially create some form of autonomous, fundamentally inimical, uh, and extremely capable system that can live on our infrastructure, that can live in inside of, uh, you know, the world of networked computers and that actively wishes us ill. You know, you can, you can just sort of think of all the classic movie tropes about this, but it's something that we can imagine a situation where, for example, there might be some way in which it can use the, the properties of the network, the ways in which content is delivered to our eyes and ears to harm people um, or to damage infrastructure. And again, it's something where it's like it's everywhere. It's totally interpenetrated throughout the system. The only option we have that sort of keeps the human race alive is to just cut off the Internet completely. Okay, so now we're out, as Brunton puts it, in space pirate territory. Some kind of crazy artificial intelligence trying to kill us all might be a common science fiction trope, but is also pretty unlikely. But this also brings us to the Internet abandonment scenario that I, weirdly, find the most plausible. And that's scenario number five. A moral panic. 
like something deeply cognitively dangerous starts to take shape on the network. Some kind of comprehensive social madness, a new religion, perhaps, um, a new apocalyptic cult that spreads like wildfire through sort of human cognitive space and hops across language barriers and usage barriers. Um, we've, we've had an amazing cultural record of entire societies losing their collective minds. Something that we can envision as being akin to like the medieval children's crusade, for example, where like the entire childhood population of a fairly large swath of parts of Europe, uh, you know, goes to the Middle East to die on the way or be sold into slavery. Like there's, there's many different ways in which this could play out. But I, I'm a deep believer in the idea that we as humans are far more filled with latent psychopathology than we necessarily realize. And that might be a situation in which, like, you know, riding out of the distance to come save us, come like, you know, the technology relinquishers, you know, the Amish and the Mennonites, the cranks and the refuseniks and all the people who have in one way or another avoided this, who can, uh, who can begin going around and for, for the global social good, shutting the system down. So if the very worst parts of the internet come together, they congeal into this global movement of evil and darkness. We might all decide that, you know what, this isn't worth it anymore. And as a woman who spends a lot of time on the internet, some days that feels really real to me. What I think is probably more likely is some combination of four and five and politicians. So not a singularity, not a giant evil internet cult, but instead a growing feeling that what we've created here on the internet isn't necessarily, obviously, a net social good. Combine that with politicians who don't really understand the internet, don't really know what's going on, and might see this as a possible threat to them, and you could perhaps imagine them deciding to just turn the whole thing off. It's unlikely. It's highly unlikely. But we're not in the business of likely scenarios here, so deal with it. And now we get to the part of the podcast you're all used to. What does the world look like without the internet? Well, it depends on when it happens. We're in this interesting moment where if something went direly wrong with the internet as a whole, we could walk it back without too much trouble. We'd still have a lot of the physical equipment for things like uh, broadcast television. Um, of course, for radio, for printing in general, you know, I mean, for, for making newspapers, which are a fantastic distribution system. And, and this is kind of the other important thing. A lot of the people who knew how to make those systems work, who understood them technically, are still alive. However, one thing, if we're being a little bit more speculative, is that we can envision this being significantly more catastrophic if we move the clock forward on when this event happens, another, let's say, 25, 30 years. It's important to note that two-thirds of the world doesn't have access to the Internet right now. So if this were to happen right now, we know exactly what it would look like to live without it because tons of people do. But that's changing. So if we're going to have that mass moral panic, now would actually be the best time. And if we gave up the Internet there would still be relics to our internet-y past. I like to think of it as a gift to future archaeologists. I mean, I think, I think my favorite, like, visual fantasy is, like, the Stonehenge, you know, fantasy of, like, all, all just, like, the idea that, like, aliens find us, you know, thousands of years from now, and they're like, what are all these, like, boxes with no windows that we left around, right? They're our server farms, you know? 
a lot more to say about what might happen to our world if we lost the internet. Thankfully, we have not lost the internet. So if you're interested in learning more about this week's episode, you can head to gizmodo.com, where we'll post more links and thoughts about the consequences of internet abandonment. Meanwhile in the Future is a podcast from Gizmodo. It's produced by me, Rose Eveleth, with the help from the rest of the Gizmodo staff. The intro music is by Asura, and the outro music is by Broke for Free. Special thanks this week to Russell Brandom, Lena Groger, Jake Harris, Marin McKenna, Colin Schultz, and CC Wei, and my mom. If you like Meanwhile in the Future, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or whatever other podcast listening service you choose. This week's scenario was suggested by Helen Rosner. And if you have suggestions for futures we should talk about, you can tell us in the comments, or on Twitter, or by email at overthinkingit@gizmodo.com. That's all for this future. Come back next week and we'll travel to a different one. Thanks for listening.